Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of the THP podcast, edition number two. We brought it back from the dead a couple of weeks ago. Um, if you guys don't know, um, I know this is the first episode I put on on YouTube. You guys can go check it out on Spotify right now. I'll put the link in my bio. Today, we have a very special guest. Um, he is a dunk legend. You probably know him uh, by the name of Area 51. He used to be a TFB dunker back in the day. I think it was around like 2007 um around then and he was an insp a huge inspiration for a lot of the dunkers that you see nowadays um i know john john said it was his favorite dunker on, that's right back in the day TV. 2008 2007 good years for yeah. me man uh, so if you if you guys haven't watched his videos i know we probably got a lot of a lot of youngins here to the dunk game so on youtube search up area 51 dunks and just be mind blown he's 57 crazy bounce um yeah uh chan i know i, I kind of did an introduction um, already but you kind of want to introduce yourself how you got into dunking and and how the tfb yeah. experience was and all that yeah sure so um my dunk journey started in like 1990 um it started my brother started watching michael jordan tapes and i watched the 91 finals and yeah i just got hooked into it so um yeah all these years later i'm still you know, find myself back into it. So that's the the crazy thing. And you mentioned it before, Isaiah, like um, ended up doing the TFB thing during that, you know, great era where a lot of great dunkers were dunking. So um, yeah, that's that's in a, in a nutshell. But I think my journey's, I think, very different to what it is today where it's not like, you know, you can go on YouTube and go on Instagram and see everything get done. Like a lot of the stuff that um, I was trying to do yeah, I didn't see anyone really do it, especially growing up in Australia and not having access to, you know, the the internet at the time. So it was a very different experience. Yeah, just so the viewers know, um, go ahead and just disclose what you estimate your your like peak vertical to be, because a lot of people are gonna be like, why is this guy relevant? Or like, but yeah. he's called Area 51 for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So look, it's estimated at around the 50s. 51 sort of mark and I'll, I'll be honest I've never been on a um, Vertec I didn't know anyone who had a Vertec back then so and I think that's my generation we we didn't really um, you know go out and measure on a Vertec um, I can go off board touches I used to clear the top of the square pretty comfortably so um, around that mark give or take but yeah and um, what's, what's your standing reach do you know your standing reach yeah it's uh seven four we can we can figure it out right now. <laughs> Seven so wait, four. Wait, That's insane for for the viewers. Just as a, as a comparison, uh, mind you, uh, Chand he's done well. Something that makes him unique, in my opinion, is his ability to go off the dribble with such a short standing reach. A lot of a lot of shorter dunkers they ha they rely really heavily on lobs. Um, my my standing reach is eight foot one. So yeah. that would be that would be like if if. Chan had a, a eight one reach. That would be like him dunking on like nine three, nine four, which is crazy. And and you were doing like East Bay's off the dribble and stuff like that, which I find crazy impressive. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, yeah, it's something that I worked on. Um, yeah, I put a lot of time into just going off the dribble, and it's I'm still working on that right now. I think that that's yeah, it, it's really important to be able to be able to go off the dribble because going off the lob and stuff, everything after is a lot easier. So you got to work on it. Do you have any advice for, for guys uh, on how to dunk off the dribble? 
Oh, this is going to be um, <laughs> Yeah, so I learned because I was doing um, board slaps. So I, you know, transition into a board slap. Um, that helped me a lot. And I think that's how I learned how to dunk. Um, a lot of the stuff that I did preparing was just, you know, jumping as high as I could, backboard slapping it. Then that turned into like jumping as high as I could on layups and turning that into a dunk. So uh, I think that's the big mistake I see guys just going at it like, you know, they're trying to get that power dunk. But no, 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 let's let's start getting those layups, getting them higher and then just, you know, hitting a dunk. That's, so that's you never, did you ever practice on, on low rooms? Um, yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, I dunked on a monkey bar when I was like 10, 11 years old. So I think that that definitely got my coordination right early on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that really helped uh, early on and just, yeah, just kept doing the board slapping and ended up getting getting it on 10 eventually. Does anyone know real quick what the top of the square is? Uh, the, if, if the top of the square is 11.4, for him to touch rim is 32 inches. So plus, plus, plus that's a forty-eight. <laughs> forty-eight. That's that's so like that's what I actually estimated it when I I don't know if you if you noticed this chain whenever you said what your or was I was like I estimated it to be about forty-eight. <laughs> like, I cleared it though. That's the thing. Like, I yeah. clear it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is crazy. So I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but I guess I'll I'll kind of elaborate on it more chan i don't know if you know anything about like the dynamics of height checks because how you got your name was basically they're like well we took a standing height we took a 10 foot rim and we estimated how high his head got to the rim and area 51 just works perfectly so like 51 inches and that's like ideal uh if you took off uh in the in the same position that you were at uh when you were when your head was towards the rim right so when you're yeah. when your feet leave the ground obviously your hands are above your head but yeah. when you get to the top, what do you do? You drop your hands, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so if you understand like, uh, you know, center of mass and things like that, that's the yeah. basically the accumulation or the average of all your mass. Where is it? Where is the average of all of the mass of your body? So if you take off in this position, right, your center of mass is relatively pretty high at, at toe off. But then once you yeah. leave the ground, your center of mass is on a set trajectory, right? So yeah. as you get to the top of that jump, when you drop your hands your head will, or the rest, because your center of mass is on a set trajectory and you can't alter it, if you lower mass, something has to come up, right? Like yeah. some mass will come up. And so it seems impossible because people are like, there's no way. And I'm like, that's how eye jump works every freaking yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> like, you drop your feet, yeah. your head, your hips come up. Like, uh, yeah. And so- Yeah, the best way to do it is a vertex. Ultimately, yeah. like, you know, what, what guys are doing today is, is probably the best way to do it. So, but that's yeah, still, that's the thing is, like, that's still crazy high. <laughs> people yeah. don't realize how that's, high. I think the biggest problem is the misconception of what people's verts actually are. Like, 48 yeah. is stupid. Like, almost no one actually gets to 48. Like, most people who say they have high 40s are actually like mid 40s or low 40s. Yeah. But, but I also think it's like, what's your priority? Um, you know, for me, it's, it's dunking at the end of the day. So all that sort of stuff we did it, I do it at the end of the session because I'm trying to get as many dunks and create as many as I can. So, um, yeah, and I, I th obviously it helps to be able to jump higher, but there's just something in just focusing on, on dunking itself. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, dunking is a skill. So 
like I mean, we've seen plenty of super super high jumpers who can't do basic trick dunks that we would think is a joke. So yeah, very true. What what um this is a question for you, Cham. I know I gave you a a list kind of beforehand, but you know sometimes I'll go off the cusp just because it's organic that way. Um, you were so you filmed. There were two videos that. I watched when I was, you know, I used to watch them in pregame all the time. And I literally started the same exact way. I was doing layups and I was just like, all right, I'm going to try to like see how high I can get my hand on the rim on these layups. Um, yeah. And there was one with uh, the background or the the audio for it was like numb encore mix. And the other one was like someone edited it, edited it in like a slightly different gym. I think you had like, I don't remember, your shoes were like blue or something in it or green, maybe green. I don't remember. Anyways. There were those two videos, right? Were those the two most popular videos that you basically, were those like, like explain how those videos came to be, where they were taken, where the time frame was of those, were they edits of a bunch of different sessions or how did that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first video was done, I think over four or five sessions. And um, yeah, we had this raw footage and I didn't know what to sort of do with it. You know, I was showing my friends and they're like, hey man, you got to get this out. So um i knew dave shout out to dc by the way he's just like a local legend here he's done a hell of a lot for you know the street ball scene here and you know we connected and we had a look at this footage and we decided to put something together so um yeah i think you know we just put it all together we put numb encore and just released not expecting anything to be honest like we, we knew it looked pretty good but we settled on the idea that if it inspired a few people job done so um that's you know after that we just kept going and the the process of putting that together it's um it's a lot of time you know if, if you saw behind the scenes of you know just getting the music right and i'm a bit of a perfectionist as well so dc would just you know be be sitting there just going jesus man like this is taking a bit of time but you know we wanted to get something really good out there so um that's Mixtapes, man, they're gone now, you know. So I was I was back in the day where mixtapes were, were were the thing, so which is yeah. to, to think that mixtapes are no longer like the most popular means of uh I guess pushing out Yeah. Um so other than that, what um with the second one, did you guys just do the same exact thing? Was it just like did you expect it to blow up like that or kind of like um I, I knew the footage was good, but you don't get to, you know, really know how how big it would go. So after that one, you know, I just kept just kept taping, going, doing session after session, and then we'd get together after a few months. So you probably noticed like there was months in between. Yeah. I sort of would yeah. just go quiet, then a video would come out, and that could be like, you know, six seven sessions that we'd put together. So. That's how we did it, and that's what's happened now. I've got all this footage that we never released, and I'm slowly sort of getting that out through um, IG. So yeah, that's that's why I'm kind of back as well on on the IG scene. Yeah, I have a yeah. bunch of questions, Isaiah and Connor. I don't know if you guys have specific questions you want to ask, but uh, Isaiah or Connor, whoever can start asking away. Isaiah, I know you had uh, a question, or I think you did. I don't know exactly, but you can go ahead and fire away on that. Yeah. Um... There was there was a few things like as we talk, there's a lot of a lot of questions that pop into my head. But um, this is kind of more of like an, an observation. Um, there's the, there's like a type because you mentioned how dunking is like a skill and you're you're focused more on the dunking side of things. 
Um, I think something that's really rare for guys that are gifted with like elite level balance and stuff like that is that obsession with dunking. And yeah. I remember because we met we met when um, I was in Australia and I sprained my ankle after the contest. I remember we had like a super long conversation yeah. um, after that over like dinner and stuff. And I remember just getting that sense. And you can always pick this up when you talk to somebody, but you can always tell when someone's super passionate about dunking. Um, and it's it's so rare. And that's like it's only those guys that are super obsessed with it that always mention like, oh, like I just care. I just care about dunking. Like, yeah, like that's yeah. that's what that's what matters to me. And it's those type of people that can go out and practice for three hours a day and, and have no problem with it. And it's those same guys that can actually get good at dunking. A lot of people yeah. kind of expect to that. get the skill, but they don't understand how much like obsession and practice is, is involved in the in the process. Oh yeah, for sure. And and I think it kind of you mentioned it before, it's an actual skill. So um, I always think that that's your priority to go out and just dunk as much as you can, and um, that's the only way to get good at it. Yeah. To keep it it's, it's, yeah. I kind of think of it as like like if you wanted to get good at basketball, you would obviously go play a bunch of basketball, but you would yeah. also work out. But I think lots of people think, oh, if I just if I just work out a bunch and get strong and fast, well then I'll be a good dunker. But you still have to go dunk. Like you still have to put in the ten thousand hours to become a master at dunking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's Erickson's work, by the way. Just for anyone that's wondering, uh, just thought I would disclose that <laughs> the ten thousand hour rule. Uh, yeah. yeah. There, are, there are some flaws in it, but it is a good illustration for the point that if you want to get good at anything, you got to do it. And this was like kind of true for anything related to speed power. Like I think something used to be, oh, you're either given that or you're not. You either have it or you don't. And yeah. obviously, like everyone's given a certain amount of genetic uh, predisposition to be good at something, right? It might be, yeah. it doesn't have to be, you know, sprinting or jumping or anything like that. But obviously, like uh, things have kind of changed and there's a shift in the paradigm of what we understand and how we understand it. And, uh, you know, just kind of shifting that entire, using that lens and, and going back to what you were doing maybe as a kid or even as you were coming up as a dunker yeah I'm sure a lot of people are wondering this question like how did you how did you get your bounce like what what how did you get the technique you have how did you develop that did you study like how did you do that yeah so you know I, the guy that i looked up to and the guy that i you know based my style off was michael jordan so i watched a lot of his stuff and um i really just focused on trying to jump like he did and um I think just constantly jumping. I mentioned before, I, I grew up dunking on a monkey bar with my friends playing two on two. And then just, you know, growing up, just, yeah, every time we used to play basketball, I used to always try to jump my highest on layups. And, you know, the thing back then was to, we couldn't dunk, so it was to board slap it. And I was always sort of working on that and, and slowly sort of progressing up. Um, the jump technology wasn't there back then. You know, jumping programs and stuff, uh, yeah, there, there wasn't really anything to sort of um, help in that regard. And um, I think that I just got my bounce from jumping regularly. Um, that was the only thing that we knew during that era. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's crazy because even if you look at, like, some of the greats right now, right, you look at Isaiah, you look at Drew Kilgannon, uh, Barth growing up, but, like, I don't know how, how much, actually, Barth, how much did you jump, actually? Did you jump a lot? Oh, he's muted. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I, I started a rant too. Uh, yeah, no, I jumped 
all the time. Like I would, I would literally jump like one or two hours after basketball practice every yeah. single day. Like, yeah, that's wild. So like, yeah. this is actually interesting because I'm obviously well, I'm the same age as Connor, but uh, I got into training maybe a little bit younger. Like, when did you start studying training and stuff like that, Connor? How old were you? Um, I didn't start studying training until like three and a half years ago. Yeah, so that's like maybe that's maybe not even that long, like three years. Yeah, and dunking was not like there's no research. There was no research on dunking. There was barely any research on like what's called spike jump in volleyball. I think there's like yeah. one. Yeah. So there's not a lot in the way of scientific literature and two foot jumping, especially because like it's not a track field event. It's not really yeah. tell you if you win or lose in basketball. You know, maybe in volleyball, but even then there's a huge skill component. And so yeah, early all the studies were like, what's a counter movement jump? Hands on the hips or just standing in place? Yeah. So, approach jump stuff and yeah at the time when i was studying it in 2007 or 2008 right i mean you remember how it was because you are obviously there was nothing yeah it's literally just you're either given it and the stuff that there is it's like oh some plyometrics do some strength training whatever else but like there was no one saying oh specificity is a really key part you have to go out and jump you want to jump high so i think for me and i've told everyone on the everyone that listens to the podcast regularly knows this I'm like that mega outlier. I didn't start dunking regularly until I was 24. Like, yeah. like I did it as a kid once, maybe every month or two, but I was so focused. Yeah. My goal was to dunk, but I was like, oh, to yeah. dunk, train. Instead of yeah. practicing the thing I wanted to get better at. So that's yeah. why you see me with a 40-inch vertical hit a windmill, you know, and I have yeah. a pitch. Like, that That yeah. makes no sense. Um, So, like, it's. I think there was, uh, and even now, I think there's somewhat of a disconnect between it. Um, so yeah, as you as you kind of progress through, like, when did you start to see your vertical start to take off? Was it just really um, sure what happened? Yeah, I think that I had good mechanics, like you know, growing through, you know, uh, when I started through my high school years. But as I got stronger, I think you know, probably um, 18, 19, I, I think I started to really come into into my own during those years. Um, but it, it's kind of funny because I feel like I, I dunked at 14, right? At 15, I, I threw um, the two-handed 360 dunk. I did that at 15, man. Like, I was in the 10th grade. But then I didn't really improve until, like, 26. I sort of stayed at this sort of level. Yeah, because I didn't – I was a basketball player. I didn't really work on my dunking, so. Were you lifting during your time in high school? Um, No. 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 Okay. No. This is such an interesting case study. So you literally came out at 14 years old. How tall are you? Uh, I would have been like five seven in like shoes. Like back five, then. five seven. Were you like a yeah. grown man? Did you develop or like did you have puberty early? Uh, yeah. So I probably think early. Yeah. Probably. You could probably say that. Okay. So you were you were like five seven, five eight, going up two feet. Like were people blown away by that at the time? Like they had. Yeah. At the time, I don't think anyone was doing, especially in Australia. So it was, it was kind of, um, you know, kind of blew people's mind at the time. And um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that was it was a little bit different. And I think kids are doing this sort of now, but back then, yeah, it was it was different. I don't even think you would see that. Like, I don't know anyone that's five seven and fourteen and is doing a. What did you say? A three. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah did that dunk pretty early. I wrote. I find like rotating back then, I could do it really, really quite easy. I can't do it to save my life now though. That's the strange thing. Like I'm getting my hops back, and I, I struggle just spinning in the air right now. So 
And I think that that's got to do with technique. I, I mentioned before, like that was the first thing I worked on and just naturally I could just spin pretty comfortably. So yeah, but I struggled with stuff like moving the ball in the air and stuff back then because, you know, I didn't have the strength and that sort of came later on. Um, yeah, when I focused more on dunking. So, huh. yeah. So you didn't, you didn't really get into it until you were 18 and then it was just really just, all right, 14 to 18 plateau. 14 to 26, you said, right? Yeah. That's a 12. So I, I, yeah. I mean, we, the focus was basketball. The focus for for me and I think a lot of the guys – uh, in my generation, you played basketball and then dunking was something that, you know, if you're good at it, you're good at it, right? Mm -hmm. And then it was probably with YouTube and the emergence of, you know, um, you know, the dunk game itself sort of came to its own and guys started focusing on dunking and that's what we're seeing now. You know, you guys are focusing on it. The training's really advanced a, a lot, um, whereas back then it was just, you know, if, if you could do it, you could yeah, do it. Now, yeah, now, like, kids with with dunk accounts they want to yeah want to be a dunker <laughs> that's that's the big difference man yeah times, times have changed like those kids are like some of those kids are like more skilled than the pro dunkers they're just not on that level of development yet athletically yeah, yeah. it takes time i think man like you know if you get your foundation right you get your technique right um, I always think dunking goes up in – like, in hindsight now, I think dunking goes up in paradigms. All the things you don't do early on, it's going to be harder to learn later on. So, you know, things like being able to rotate, your, your good form, being able to jump off the dribble, um, getting your lobs right. Um, that's why I see, like – I see guys dunking tennis balls and then going to bigger balls, like, you know, size three and then something squishy. Like, I never did that because the reality is – I'm never going to be able to palm a ball. So why would I do it that way? Um, yeah. I always yeah. worked with the full-size ball, and uh, I got really specific at what I was doing, I think, as a result. I actually agree with that. Like, I think uh, I, I've rarely seen a small ball transfer over to a real ball. I think, like, yeah. I think uh, the mechanics change because your entire arm action changes, right? Like, oh, yeah. see when people use anything they can palm is they swing their arm with the ball. But if you have a ball yeah. and you don't get that, all you get is the ball coming down to your between your legs and punching up to your head. You don't get to bring yeah. it behind you. You know what I mean? The ball yeah. in your chest, like coming out of your hands. Yeah. So, like, from my experience, my experience with like basketball players and stuff trying to dunk, like if you take anyone and put them with a small ball, they'll they'll they might get better at jumping. Like they'll jump higher, and when you throw them lobs, they'll jump higher. But in a game, what's the one thing you want to be able to do you want to be able to jump with the ball yeah. so again like what you what you spent a ton of time doing to jump higher yeah. doesn't help you in the end i mean yeah. that's why isaiah and i are like and you john we're all just low rim low rim low rim yeah. low rim like <laughs> yeah. you can still you can still get the same jump stimulus but also gain the skill so it yeah. just makes no sense to do anything else I, I said i said that to john i said if i had my time again i'd get a portable put it in the backyard lower that thing to like seven foot and I just I'd be dunking regularly. So, you know, in terms of like low rimming, I wish I'd I'd done that. Like, you know, hey, let's get a portable, drop it low, and just you know every day just do a little bit of dunking here and there. Do you think you would have walked through it, or would you have actually jumped with it? Like, how would you have approached that? Oh, I'd go through the sequence because dunking is an entire sequence. If you don't get your lead ups right, it affects your um, 
you're transitioning into your dunk. So, you know, we're probably going to talk a bit more about penultimate um, later on, but uh, the thing that I see is if you don't get your technique right on, you know, your lead-ups into your penultimate, then you can only get so good at dunking because, you know, if you can't rotate right because your lead-ups are off, um, that's going to affect your ability, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that I, th I think that that's where the challenge is. People who get, like, pretty good, you know, they don't have great mechanics, but they get comfortable with that, they're going to plateau as a result. So, yeah, man, that's, you you got to do the entire sequence right. Yeah, yeah. So this actually, uh, and there, this is kind of off the notes here, but there are a lot of things that I did want to cover here. Um, like you just said, about the penultimate step, how did you, you have one of the best penultimate steps for a short jumper that I've ever seen, right? Like, you are what I would classify as like technically very sound or technically perfect, right? You see a big push off of the penultimate step. You see that the foot at toe off is really far behind the body. It's a long stride, almost like a split, right? Almost with your legs like yeah. this, toe off. Yeah. Um, you kind of B skip almost out the front leg. Um, your, your center of mass goes down really fast. Um, but it's, it's open, but it's also very fast. And uh, yep. how did, that's something that most all of our clients struggle with, and it tends to be a really big limiter. So how did you how did you develop that skill? Um, how did you learn that, or did you even know, or do you have any tips on it? Yeah, I think Connor, you mentioned it in the last podcast where you're like, watch a good jumper, and then you sort of mimic that, right? You watch them and you go, well, how does that sort of feel? And I think that I did that a lot. You know, I was watching a lot of those NBA tapes and. I think my superpower was being able to see something and know how it feel. I think I innately have that, like, um, and I'd feel my way through things like that. So um, I think that that came naturally. And I think playing basketball and just being able to put it in, like, dynamic situations, I learned how to do that, like, very subconsciously. Um, on that, you know, like, Connor, you mentioned it was, like, rhythm, right? You listen to music and you sort of let it come through, right? Mm -hmm. Isaiah, yeah. you mentioned it like a roller coaster where you go, you know, you you sort of do these things and then everything sort of hits automatically after. What you guys are talking about it being is, is like subconscious, like really natural and just let it come to you. Good jumpers do that, man. And I think that ta that takes repetition. The challenge is, you know, there's, there's guys who just uh, need to consciously think about this because their techniques probably need that sort of work. And the last thing you want is bad technique and they're, they're subconsciously doing that. You know what I mean? They're on automatic. So um, I think yeah, you yeah. got to look at this and go get the shell of it right. You want to get that sort of, you know, consciously competent, so to speak. And then what you want to do is get to that sort of un, 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 um, so like subconsciously you're doing it all, yeah. you know, in yeah. one sequence. Just kind of... Yeah. Sorry? yeah. I was going to say, uh, I don't know if this came through. I was saying it's like, un it's, it's like you get, like you said, it's subconscious or it's like autonomous, right? Like it just kind of happens, kind of flow through the movement. And it's interesting when you talk about like feel for a jumper, because that's something I talk about all the time is pursuing a sensation, right? Instead yeah. of like, well, I'm going to focus on this or focus on this, like just kind of go through the reps and feel things out. Like how did that feel sensationally? Did I jump higher when I kind of chase this sensation or did I jump lower when I chase this sensation? Because sometimes you're not going to be able to define it. You're not going to be able to describe it. It's just something yeah. you feel. And I think a lot of the time, really good jumpers are able to 
kind of connect those dots, right? Like, yep. I think that happens in any sport. You see in the decathlon all the time. You know, if you see Ash Neaton, I talked to Dan Papp, who was one of the best track coaches in, in the history of the world, coaches Ash Neaton, who was a previous world record holder before Kevin Mayer had it. And I asked him, I was like, well, if you know anything about the way Harry Mara coaches, it's really unconventional. He has people swinging a baseball bat. He has them throwing the baseball. He has them, and, you know, that's how he practices for discus, for for shot put, these rotational events. Um, and and if you're at, if you're kind of looking at like, okay, well, he's missing a massive degree of specificity. How is Ashton able to connect the dots that way and be that talented? And you kind of put together, oh, Ashton has an innate ability, and Dan said this too. Uh, he was like, he has an innate ability to connect the dots. If you give him a little bit, if you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think um, creating those contexts and allowing truly, truly talented athletes to uh, let their talent show through, they're able to do that. They're able to yeah. recognize like, oh, this is this is what that feels like. Oh, that that pop I got off the ground, it was it was fluid. It wasn't necessarily like like punching a bag as hard as I could. Um, yeah. I just felt my momentum build off the ground uh, rhythmically. Yeah. I just hit positions that I just kind of, I felt the jump. Uh, and that's a hard thing to describe to people, right? And that's what I've tried to to make uh, a living doing is like, okay, well, what yeah. did it feel like? How do you describe that? Yeah. How do you get someone else to feel that sensation? Uh, and that to me is really what coordination is. It's sequencing and being able to, like you said, it's, uh, what did you call it? You said, it's a whole sequence, I think is what you actually call it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I very much agree with that. So, um, yeah, it's interesting to hear uh, your lens on that because that's very much, I think, how all of us got good was just you put the reps, you know, you have to do it. Uh, your outcome is your outcome is dictating the motor pattern you pick. But like you said, the problem comes in where you have a very bad technique that you're subconsciously doing. And that's yep. where it can be very problematic. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting that you have, you know, your experience is very similar. And I'm sure a lot of great athletes it's a very uh very similar thing um so another another actually question i had off of this unless barth or isaiah or james you guys have any comments on what i just yeah yeah i actually have a comment on that um i I don't think many people think this about dunking because they're like oh it's super controlled and there's not many variables but if, if you really break down dunking there are tons of variables like like for instance like one of my favorite dunks is like a 360 scoop off of an alley oop so like how high the ball bounces, which direction mm-hmm. the ball bounces, um, how far away the ball bounced from the goal, the exact angle that I'm running in from, like all of these things are like slight variants that I never jump probably the same twice ever. Like the, the jumps were probably just a little bit different, but because I've had so many repetitions, I've repped that repetition somewhere in my life. And I can like yeah. connect the dots that that is the yeah. answer to that jump. It's like solving yeah. an equation for a, every yeah. single jump you take. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool. Too, you, you when you do it so many times, you start to you know like I know as soon as the ball comes off my finger, I know if it's a perfect lob, if yeah. like like where it's at. Like if you've <laughs> ever dunked with me, you you've probably like you see me like I'll throw a lob as I'm running. I like I'm like oh shit. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm just like like I cuss like mid jump yeah. like, like I know said, both yeah. of you guys have probably witnessed that it's literally as soon as I let it go I'm like well that yeah. was not where Zay, I wanted yeah. Zay came down to Clearwater and we had a dunk session like two and a half months ago and we both sucked that day and it was just like we were just a tiny bit off on like timing but yeah. like 
like we went back and forth probably like 10 times where I was trying to do a dunk and he was trying to do a dunk. And like, we kept throwing the passes and just walking off and like getting angry because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we knew as soon as we started, it was just bad. Yeah. Did, did John uh, disappear for you Yeah, guys? where'd he go? No, I'm here. I was just He's finishing here. my soup. <laughs> I was just finishing my soup off camera. For those of you that don't know, I'm, I'm eating soup right now. Uh, thanks for thanks for disclosing it to the class. I'm gonna go back to finishing my soup real quick, but you can hear me. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I feel that's one of my like one of my worst. Uh, I guess the sessions I hate the most is when you're jumping well, but the technique is off. When your dunk technique yeah. is off. Because it just feels, yeah. it feels wasted. Like, it feels yeah. like, yeah, jumps. This could have been your best dunk session ever, but you wasted your best jumping day on a day where you just weren't quite in rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. I always say I, I think jumping, it's like hitting a bullseye. But what were you going to say, Jim? Yeah, I was going to say, like, the way I looked at it is your technique should be, like, automatic. You should be focused on, you know, getting your lob right and just the dunk. When you're dunking really well, that's the only thing that you're thinking about. So, um, yeah, you should be able to feel like, hey, man, where, do, where does the ball need to go? Where do I need to get to? And I think when you start to get to that sort of spot, yeah, you, you start Some, to get really and I I want to touch more on uh, what Chan said where he was like, you know, he got really good at being able to feel what someone else was doing without doing it. Yeah. That's actually so I saw Zay shake his head too. I visualize everything. And like yep. when I watch like for instance, I, I grew up watching like Zay, CJ, and Jordan Kilgannon grew up. I was older than them them, but like when I really got into dunking, I was watching them and I could like lay in bed in the middle of the night and watch a video, then like close my eyes and imagine doing the movement. And then I'd go to the gym the next day and try it. And I could yeah. like, I could feel like, oh, my leg didn't come high enough because I like would compare to the visualization I did the yeah. day before. Um, I loved, I loved when he said that too. Cause like, um, especially how you said, you feel like you have a, like an innate ability to be able to recreate what you see. Um, that's something I've felt like I've always had. Um, when when Connor and, and John were here in Florida uh, a couple of months can, ago. Can you guys keep? Sorry, man. There's just my little one's going berserk in the no, background. Just one second. Sorry, take care of your child. <laughs> we can wait. tear the house down. <laughs> She's gone buck wild on a little trike. So so sorry, mate. Continue. <laughs> oh my god. No, when when Connor and John visited. Um, a couple of months ago here in Florida, I remember one day we were messing around in the living room and then I was like, Oh, like I can re re like name any dunker and I'll be able I'll recreate their approach. Like I'll be able to, I'll, I'll show you guys how it looks. And like they would name some guy and I could do it. And it's cause I've yeah. watched them so much. And that's something I've always been able to do is just like, just, yeah. I see something and like, I I'll, I'll just coordinate the movement. Yeah. Super easy. And, and so many guys struggle with that, especially my pet peeve having a short penultimate when guys don't fully extend their leg out because like yeah. in my head it's like bro just do it like just push off your back leg hard and then but they're just so it's so subconscious and like yep. so deep rooted that a lot of that a lot of guys yeah, yeah I, I think it's really oh go ahead i was just gonna say being able to feel things through is just it's so important especially you know when you're going out to do a dunk just being able to know what angle to come in, um, being able to see it actually happen before, you know, it, it actually happens is um, is probably one of the hardest skills to sort of learn. 
Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. And and just like my final little piece on that is that you know when we look at like really great athletes who are like good at lots of sports, I d I normally don't think it's because they're like genetic freaks in the sense of oh they're really good athletes so of course they could do everything but like what actually makes them a good athlete? I really think it is that like subconscious ability to like recreate someone else's movements with their own body. Yeah. Um, I know that's like some kind of etheric, like we really can't explain that one, but yeah, like, well, I mean, that's like, that's like proprioception though, you know, it's like, oh, I just, you know, knowing where your limbs are in space or like, you know, your, your visual motor kind of, uh, coordination, like your, your, yeah. your visual motor control is like, oh, I saw this thing. Cause I mean, if you just think about this in terms of physiology and this is like my shit, uh, sorry, just to swear, Chan, I know your, your son or daughter's in the room. Uh, but <laughs> when you watch something, see you see this come into your head, right? And, you know, your your eyes have rods and cones, and they take in that information, and it's processed in your brain at, like, your cortex and, and motor learning and things. And then you go out, and you try to you try to replicate that. And yeah. that the ability to do that is something that is learned. Like, yeah, he's not only learned how to like do a skill by doing it, it's also learning, learned yeah. how to learn. And something like that is true coordination, in my opinion. Yes. The, yeah, well, to be able to learn. That's something you have to teach as a coach. Like people will be like, hey, uh, I can't do snatches in the program. There's well, it's just yeah. too hard. Right. And I'm like, and that's, I think that's where like more general training comes in. Like if you have someone be too specific all the time, they can't learn all these different things that they can then yeah. use to uh, see things and mimic. Like, yeah. like I played so many different sports when I was younger and I'm pretty sure that's why I'm a good at, like I can do that is because I played so many sports. Yeah. And that's, I actually love that's like what I've noticed with every, uh, sorry to cut you off, John, but that's, that's what I've noticed with basically every elite dunker. Um, you know, guys, guys that like, I'm talking like the TFB guys, current people that are good at dunking now, they all had an extensive background of playing a lot of sports growing up, like their whole, their whole childhood. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty accurate. My, um, you know, my journey with sports, I started playing cricket. If you guys know what that sport is. And I think about timing, like I was a, I was a fast bowler. So I, I had to be really precise. Yep, I had to be really precise. So I think a lot of my, um, you know, hand-eye coordination and stuff, I developed that sort of early. Um, I did a lot of like, you know, sprinting, uh, did high jump, um, played a little bit of football. I sucked at football. Um, so yeah, I did different sports and then I landed on basketball. And I think, you know, and you go from, you know, bowling a cricket ball that that small, you know, aiming it at a, uh, at a stump, I don't know if you guys know what that is, to, you know, using a basketball that's so big and it, it just translated really well. I found it so much easier. So, so I, had, uh, I had a question. When you said uh, you did sprinting and high jump and stuff like that, were those yeah. inherently good at you or were you inherently good at those things? And then the second question I had is, are you familiar with Brandon Stark and his brother, who is, I believe, a fast bowler in cricket in Australia, right? Is that correct? Yeah, I don't follow cricket anymore, man. So... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I lost that years ago. But um, in terms of the sprinting and the high jump, um, I think I had a natural ability to, uh, for it. But, um, you know, I, I'd get to like the state finals and then I just couldn't get over that. But I didn't really train. Um, high jump, I got to the state finals in high school as well. And I had horrid technique. I used to scissor kick over it. So I didn't do that, that flop thing. 
Um, but yeah, it was, it was. I didn't train for it, man. I didn't have a coach or anything like that. So, you know, you just show up and just jump. But how yeah. how, how, did you, how did you jump? This is okay. Was, oh, there, was it over two I, I can't remember, man. To be to be honest, like that was years ago. Like it wouldn't have been that high though. Probably yeah, probably low by you know most high schooler standards nowadays. So yeah. Not dunking. Uh, can't remember. No, I can't. I can't remember high jumping. I, I have no no idea. I'm so depressed. <laughs> I'm I didn't focus on it that much, man. It was, yeah, it was just something that I just... Did you know any of your sprint times? Do you know any sprint times ever? Um, no, not really, because I did it in primary school. Um, I did it for like one or two years in high school, but the way that it happens in Australia is, you know, you, you, you if you're the fastest in your year level, you, you represent in your zones. And um, yeah, I can't remember the times, to be honest, but... I don't think I was a great sprinter to be to be yeah to be quite honest about it. I wasn't that great at it. That's so crazy. One would just assume if you have a near 50 inch vertical, you should be somewhat somewhat gifted in terms of sprinting if you're dunking when you're. Yeah, yeah I do. I think that I jumped a lot better than than I could sprint for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that is related to, to there's a lot of different reasons that could have happened. Um, but I know and some some people and I had this question. Uh, how did you like? How did you get out of dunking? Why did you get out of dunking? What what kind of happened in that progression? And why did you get back into it? Yeah, so I, I struggled with my knees throughout. I didn't really, you know, we didn't talk about it back then. I I sort of masked my injuries. Um, my right knee was never really great, and it sort of got worse and worse. Um, decided to take a little bit of time off, and then that little bit of time off turned into months, which turned into close to a decade so um the reason i sort of got back into it it's you know um, i i judged the dunk contest here in melbourne you know the last few years and met a few of the dunkers and you know, interestingly caught up with jordan one year and we were just talking about dunking and it sort of hit me that you know i love this this is my passion and um the question started happening like hey man can you still do this and um yeah i found myself just back out there just trying and just enjoying it again like I've, I've found the love for it all over again and I'm, I'm sort of documenting it along the way and let's let's see what this is you know Let, let's find out uh yeah so then in terms of like the specific injury you had I know you you disclosed yeah. me but kind of discuss that a little bit and, and how that happened and how you how the recovery process was yeah um so I, I think that throughout my uni days and even late in high school, my knees, I just get sore knees. Um, but, you know, this is during the era where if you just, you just sort of see it as if you've got, got knees that hold up, you're lucky. You know, that's how that we, we sort of approached it um, during, you know, that, that sort of era. And um, yeah, it just, it just got worse at times. And then I'd back off and stop playing basketball for a bit. Um, I couldn't fully squat. I never, um, fully squatted I always did sort of half to like quarters and I just worked around that that's just how I saw it like just manage this you know yeah and yeah. So then in terms of your in terms of your Achilles right so what happened specifically with that and what was that progression like yeah so that happened three years after I stopped and that happened in on holiday of all places I was, I was partying with my friends in, in PP Island and 
Yeah, one of the guys, he saw a skipping rope that was on fire and he's like, hey man, that looks like fun, let's do it. So we rock up there and he backed out of it and I said, you know what, I'll give it a shot. Had a few jumps and then it just snapped. And um, I didn't know at the time, I just was on the floor going, oh, that, that felt a bit different. I did the rest of the trip and um, found out when I got back to Australia that it was a, a full tear. I had a, like a millimeter tendon left. And um, yeah, so still working on it. I mean, it's still really tight. Um, I don't get much lift off my left leg. Um, so I sort of work my mechanics. It's Yeah, I'm sort of adjusting and working around that at the moment. So if I can get a little bit more strength in that over time, it could be, could be good. Yeah, it'll yeah. be... Uh, interesting to see how you kind of uh adapt to things for those of you that don't know i was like hey hey uh jen i know you're coming back uh we specialize in specifically tendinopathies uh we do a lot with the, like basically we look at you know your your home country jill cook and ebony and ebony rio we look at all their stuff and we just apply it we're really good at it i was like would you be interested yeah. and you were like i guess <laughs> like, uh, cool. How's it been? How's that progress been? Or how, like, I guess, have you been doing the the training in general or yeah. have you kind of been busy with yeah. How's it been going? Yeah, I think um, my knee right now is, is better than it was when I left. So that's, that's a start. Um, and all these sort of isometric stuff and all the knee health stuff, it's just, it's so different now. Like, I wish I knew this stuff all those years ago. So, um yeah, I, I had dunk session just a few days ago and um, I jumped the best I have in, you know, this whole time. So just being able to put my, you know, drive, drive my um, power down into the ground. Um, that's, that, that's what I couldn't do because of my knee, really. So um, this stuff really works. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, I, I have a surprise how well this stuff works. <laughs> I have a question off the back of that. Um, do you have any specific goals for yourself uh, for dunking moving forward? Um, I'm just enjoying it for what it is now. Um, you know, I'm just having fun, just relearning the process of it all again. And um, it's slowly sort of coming back. I, I finally hit a jump that felt right just quite recently. I, I posted it on my IG. So, yeah, I'm taking it slowly and seeing what I can do. Maybe I get some of it back. Maybe I start to get a bit of motion happening in the air and, and whatnot. But I think for me, if I can get good off the dribble again, maybe that opens up a few things. Yeah. All right. Isaiah, Connor, do you guys have any other, other questions for, for change? Sign off. We're about 55-ish minutes here. So. Um, not off the top of my head at the moment. I don't know if Connor... Connor's muted again. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, this is just, you can cut this one out, Zay. Uh, if Zay and I were in a dunk contest, who do you think would win? <laughs> I've seen both of your stuff, man. It's hard. Um, who's going to make their dunks, man? That's that's what this comes down to, yeah, right? I, so, lo I lose then. <laughs> well, well, what are you going to do? Tell me what dunks you guys would do. What, what three dunks did you guys choose? All right, wait. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the referee here. I'm gonna uh I'm gonna make sure that this is fair. Isaiah, you get your first dunk. What's the first dunk you go with? First dunk. Are we be we're being realistic? Yes. Uh, yeah. Are we doing? Are we talking like peak Connor here? No, we're talking. We're talking. This is for a hundred million dollars. All right. And, I, and Connor is your arch nemesis, and you want to absolutely destroy him. All right. And I want you to tell me 
in terms of percentages, like what you think you'd make first try, second try, and then, and then Chan, you can you can rate them one to ten what, what you think they would do. Okay. All right, let's go. All right, first dunk, I'm going 360 East Bay, punching the hell out of it first oh, of try. Of course you are. <laughs> um, okay. All right. I'd give that a 10 if you if you punch the hell out of it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if he's doing a 360 East Bay. It's got to be clean, though. You're doing it off the dribble, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I would do a reverse 360 East Bay off of a bounce, though. Ooh. That, can you, do, can you make well. that first try? Yeah, that's really consistent for me. Okay, Isaiah? 10 as well. I, I can vouch for that being consistent for, for okay. Connor. Even so far. All right, so, so far we're even. we have a 10 and a 10. All right, how many rounds are we doing? We're doing three or three? Three, three, three rounds? Right. All right, all right, second round dunk. Uh, Connor, you got to go first. You got to say your first dunk now. Oh, wait, wait, I lied. I lied. First. In normal, in okay. normal contest, who would go first? Would Isaiah, would you start first? Isaiah would go first, yeah. Okay, all right, Isaiah, you're first now. Uh, Second dunk. Oh, oh my gosh! This is this this requires a lot of thought. <laughs> um, hundred million dollars on the line. Connor yeah. just punched the hell out of his. Was it three sixty reverse three sixty East Bay or something? I would go.
so can you tell everybody where where they can find you like on instagram and that type of thing yeah i'm i'm at area 51 dunks on ij that's where you can find me can you pronounce like, your last name like in the bio yeah it, it's wickramanaika <laughs> whoa I'm shot that. i i'm not gonna try to say that I think anyway, I got guys, uh, I'll close it out here, but um, Isaiah, you can you can close the recording after this. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment. If you guys are looking for training, make sure you guys go to thbstrength.com. We believe that uh, with our expertise, our results, our evidence-based practice, we have the best training available. Um, you get access to all three of us. It's individualized coaching. We go through person by person and individually add each element of the training. So uh, Chand advocated for it here. We didn't pay him to say anything like that. So, uh, you know, it's it's legit what we do. Um, we take a lot of pride in it, and we take a lot of pride in you guys progressing. So, um, yeah, that's all I have. Thanks for listening, guys, and peace out.